friends, thank you so much for being here today on The Diana Show. It's me, Diana Piquet. Um, this is a pre-recorded um, conversation that I had a few weeks back when I was traveling and got stuck in an airport uh, for, my gosh, that travel day was like 20 hours. But I ran into this awesome kid, basically he's 18 years old, younger than my son Cooper, who just got out of infantry, infantry training in the Army. And we were sitting there long enough that I finally was like, I want to ask that kid if he'd let me interview him for the podcast. And he said, yes, he's really a cool guy, but he has such an interesting story and listening to it over again and going through editing it, it just struck me how we are all just human beings, just trying to figure out our way in life. What is the best course of action, make our best decisions. And I was so impressed with him for having come out of a tough situation at home and finding a way to put a roof over his head, uh, take care of himself and plan for his future. Um, at 18 years old to already have gone through training and know what his next four years are going to be like. So we were talking about how, what his high school life was like, and that's a four year period. And now he's going to have a time hop of being in the army for the next, uh, four years in Washington. He was traveling to Washington to his new home. He didn't know anyone there. And, to really like, I would love to run into him again when he's 22 and see what his next four years will be like. But what an open hearted, smart, sweet, lovable person that this guy is. And um, he gave me really good insight into, you know, how he was recruited, why he decided and felt like this was the best next step for him. Um, the people who had helped train and mold him during his training, what his training was like, the friendships that he had made, and his hopes and dreams for his future. Wants to be a father. Um, it's just really excited about what the future holds for him. So I was so impressed. Um, I just really wanted to say thanks, Draven, for taking the time to talk to me. It meant a lot to me. I learned a lot of lessons. It doesn't matter if I'm talking to my neighbor who's in his 80s or my kids who are in their teens. Um... There is so much to be learned by collecting the stories from other people. And if you can just sit down and kind of listen and ask the right questions, um, there's so many reminders. He had a couple of moments in there where he said some like really big pearls of wisdom where I was like, wow, I can't believe this guy's only 18, you know, but he really, um, he's been through a lot in his short life and his outlook on it is, you know, living, living to the fullest, uh, because you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. So I love this conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Please excuse the audio. There's a lot of weird music and we were sitting in an airport terminal, but please enjoy. And thanks again, Draven. All right, I'm gonna sit next to you. There we go. I'm all sweaty, I'm sorry. Okay, so tell me uh, your name and your age and what you're doing and why you're here, and what you're wearing and all that. So, <laughs> my name is Draven Day. Uh, there's another D in there, but that's my middle name. Okay. I am 18. Okay. From Texas. Uh, I recently graduated uh, infantry training from Fort Benning, Georgia on Sand Hill. I'm currently wearing the military uniform OCPs with uh, the wonderful uh, rucksack that carries all of my belongings. Everything in one bag? Everything in one bag besides the stuff that got loaded up uh, into the wonderful inner workings of the airport, which is in my duffel bags. And how long were you training here in Georgia? Uh, six months, 
most of it was during the wonderful cold seasons where we yeah. froze and enjoyed the wonderful experience of sleeping on the cold hard ground and oh. waking up covered in frost oh wow wow i didn't know that so you weren't indoors a lot no but that's part of the training we have to be ready for any type of environment no matter yeah. what so how i mean like how much of the training was outside like that um enough of it to say that it was just a long camping trip yeah but um Without the marshmallows and stuff and beer. Well, there were marshmallows. <laughs> occasionally. Occasionally. When we could uh, smuggle them out there. Yeah. But um, it, did, was, it was fun. Did you meet any cool people? Yeah, I met a lot of cool people, including the guy over to my left, Bartlett. He's been one of the uh, closest friends I have here. Cool. And there's another guy, Achatulo. He's going home to uh, get married, actually. Nice. So it's nice to say that I have some friends that are still kicking it and not only that made it through infantry basic with me so you were you literally in high school last year if you're 18 I, I was in high school last year uh after i graduated i was kicked out of my house okay and without home for a little while mm -hmm. but that's not the reason i joined the military what was the reason um i've wanted to do it for a long time i did mm -hmm. jrotc in high school but i've wanted to do it since elementary school yeah. Uh, I just never thought I would go infantry. I thought I'd join the Navy and be a cook or something, but I guess the uh, world had different plans for me. How did, how did you end up in the Army? Um, I went to an Army recruiting station one yeah. day, just out of... Just connected with that person? I, the sergeant there was like, well, when do you want to leave? And I said, as soon as possible. And he said, there's an opening for the infantry, uh, $40,000, four years. We can get you out within a week. And uh, I took it, and within the week, I was stepping on a plane to leave for Fort Benning. Okay. And uh, I have to say that was the best choice of my life. Yeah, so far. Definitely. Going to make a lot of other good choices. Well, I'm going to do 20 years here, so. What do you ex What do you expect the next four years will be like? Because you said you're going to Washington, right? I expect it to be cold. Yeah. Wet. Yeah. And. A little bit better than uh, Sand Hill in Fort Benning. Yeah. Mostly because there's way too much just uh, too much sand on Sand Hill. <laughs> funnily enough, according to the name. Yeah. Uh, huh. And tell me, in high school, over those four years, because you know how it seems like high school. Did it seem like it went fast to you? Uh, freshman year was mm -hmm. a drag. Okay. Uh, other than that, the rest of it went by pretty quickly. I think freshman year just because I was learning. Yeah. But after I learned, everything went by super quick, and senior year went by the fastest of them all because I was barely there. I yeah. was working most of the time uh, because, well, I had a job, and I was trying to become a manager at a fast food chain mm -hmm. while still being in high school. Mm -hmm. well, that didn't happen because yeah. I joined the military. Yeah. But... I was close. What do you think the next, um, like by the time you're 22, like, I mean, it's, a, it's amazing. Cause you, so you start high school when you're 14, now you're 18. The next four year jump. I think when I'm 22, I'm just gonna re-up and continue doing this until I'm 38, yeah. 39, and then I'm gonna retire uh, with a full pension benefit. Yep. 
And not only that, I'm probably going to do 10 years in another federal service for another uh, full pension benefit mm -hmm. and retire with nothing much else to do, which is kind of the dream. So does it feel good to have like a plan in your back pocket? It feels great. Honestly, I don't think I would have been as excited about doing all this stuff if I didn't dream about it since I was like 10. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of a dream come true. This is definitely a dream come true. Did you, were there ever any points during the training where you're like, oh shit, I'm not going to make it? Um, was it like hard like that? Well, it's, it's difficult. Yeah. But not as difficult as it used to be. Okay. Um, so at one point during wartime, uh, I believe with Afghanistan, we had to, uh, we were allowing more people from um, the federal prisons. Mm -hmm. and instead of going to jail, they would go to uh, training mm -hmm. and become part of the army, part of the Marines. We had this thing called shark attack, which is where the drills essentially... Uh, Uh, say physical training we do a lot of push-ups a lot of sit-ups a mm -hmm. lot of uh, squats mm -hmm. in order to show them that they aren't in charge there mm -hmm. that the, the NCOs are in charge and it mm -hmm. helps instill discipline at an early start instead of doing that now we do what's called the first hundred yards which is to represent the first hundred yards that any infantry soldier before us had had to take uh, a great example of that is World War One trench warfare when you went up into no man's land. Mm -hmm. It was the first hundred yards to run across <laughs> there, and if it was safe, if you were safe, the other men would follow your suit, and they would go across, and they would attack the other trench. They would, uh, what's it called? Uh, it was a war of attrition, but the first hundred yards is used to represent the first hundred yards that we took at the beginning of... Uh, really starting the infantry mm -hmm. and the uh, last hundred yards is our hike up to Honor Hill which is done after our 22 week training cycle is complete and uh, I tell you about Honor Hill but that's more of an infantry thing that infantry guys have to see for themselves mm -hmm. were you there with men and women or just guys it was uh, just guys but that doesn't mean that women aren't in the infantry Mm -hmm. They've actually recently started allowing women in the infantry, but a lot of them have ended up as uh, mortarmen, which is considerably... Well, it's still an 11 series uh, MOS. It's just an 11 Charlie instead of an 11 Bravo. Um, and they actually... I'm not going to lie. I think they're a little bit tougher than infantry soldiers when it comes to going long distances with bigger rucks on their backs because they have um, to carry these 25-pound... Uh, base plates with upwards from 20 to 30 pound mortar tubes on their backs that they drop uh, mortar rounds into, wow. which are anywhere from 5 pounds to, I think, 7 or 8, mm -hmm. depending on the size of the round. Mm -hmm. And um, everyone carries mortar rounds, though. That way it's evenly dispersed and one person isn't carrying all the ammunition yeah. for a mortar. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's considerably more strenuous on the joints than rucking with just 50 pounds on your back. Yeah. It sounds amazing. It's, it really is. It's, it's something different, especially when you're traveling late at night, yeah. early into the morning, or you start early when the sun's not even up yet and it's cold. And by the time the sun's coming up, you just focus on the sunrise and you can't really feel your legs because they're just tired and numb, but you just keep going because that's all you really have to do at that point. Mm-hmm. 
in the end, the infantry wasn't really difficult because it's all mental. If you can make it mentally, you'll get better physically to the point that the physical part doesn't hurt anymore. Mm -hmm. You just have to be mentally strong in order to truly make it into the infantry. Wow, that's cool. It's, it's very inspiring. It's definitely something that I would recommend to a lot of people, but mm -hmm. uh, for some people who want to do easier things or have families and don't want to join a combat MOS, mm -hmm. there's other things you could do, like um, there, there's mechanics. We definitely need mm -hmm. more mechanics. Mm -hmm. um, there's always the um, medics, but they're more, they get deployed more frequently than the 11 Bravos do due to the fact that they're used worldwide, not mm -hmm. just for uh, combat anymore, they're used for helping other people as well, and they can get deployed to anywhere in the world. Really. But uh, the 11 Bravos in any of the Bravo series, uh, th those are all combat MOSs, they aren't really used in peacetime besides cleaning and keeping yeah. maintenance and all the things that we need in case of war, mm -hmm. which hopefully doesn't happen. Right. But it's still an important function of that whole system, right? It's a very important function of the whole system mm -hmm. because war makes money. But um, not only that, uh, something that's useful for the infantry is the fact that we are part of our creed is we are America's deterrent in peace. Mm -hmm. so we are the best trained soldiers in the world. We're supposed to be a uh, standard for um, infantry everywhere in the army due to the fact that we're supposed to deter America's enemies from coming to America or attacking American bases or American stations outside of uh, American soil mm -hmm. in order to make sure that the entire world is safe because it's our job to protect everyone and make sure that the world is still united without actually having to use violence or force. Because it's just not what we do. We try to keep the peace without hurting people. Mm -hmm. Well, I think you have a lot to be proud of. You know, I have five kids. My oldest, my oldest is 21 years old. And then I have an 18-year-old daughter who's getting out of um, high school this year. She's a senior. I have another daughter who's a junior and another daughter who's a sophomore. And then I have a six-year-old. Six but I think that these kind of stories, like, you know, I, I don't, you know, I mean, I'm kind of like the weird woman that would walk up to some kid in an airport and be like, hey, will you share your story, you know? But I think sharing, you know, your take on what you're doing to not only improve your lives, but be a part of something that's protecting all of us it's, it's really cool that you would share that with me today and be open enough to talk about it and kind of share your story you know I'm, I mean I don't know it'd be interesting to run into you again when you're 22 you know or you know as time passes on and see how you feel about your choices but I think that you're making an incredible investment because four years will go by in a flash and then you'll go somewhere else not Washington anymore you know Hopefully at some point I make it back to Sand Hill to be a drill sergeant because I'd like to impart the knowledge that I pick up from uh -huh. out there. So you believe in teaching, passing it on? Pa yeah, to the future yeah. generations. If yeah. I had some of the best drill sergeants out there. Uh, Can you tell me about one? 
senior drill sergeant Clevenger used to be a Marine, but once a Marine, always a Marine. Mm -hmm. He helped kind of install the Marines' mentality of uh, not quitting mm -hmm. into us, but he also encouraged people who didn't think the military was for them mm -hmm. to leave now so that mistakes weren't made on the line later mm -hmm. so that we could make sure that the people who wanted to succeed succeeded so that people didn't uh, die in case of, you know, strenuous events. But uh, Senior Drill Sergeant Clevenger was by far the uh, best of the three that we had mm -hmm. through the fact that he would always teach us and he'd always make sure that we learned. He'd always give us recommendations. Mm -hmm. If we messed up, we had corrective action, which was training, uh, very physical training. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, Sounds like he was pouring, pouring his heart into passing on his knowledge so that you could keep yourself safe too. Some of the stories he told us really does show that he cared a lot about the people that he was with mm -hmm. and he cared a lot about the people that were under him. Mm -hmm. So not only does he care about us, he cares about the people that he works with and he told us before we left that he wouldn't mind serving on the line with some of us. Aww. How'd is, that make you feel? It made me feel uh, proud to yeah. have him as my drill sergeant. Um, one of our other drill sergeants, Drill Sergeant Hughes, is uh, leaving after his contract is up. Mm -hmm. He wants to spend more time with his family, and I respect that 100%. Mm -hmm. He's a, uh, he was a single dad. Mm -hmm. Now he has a partner and everything, and mm -hmm. it's just, he's a wonderful human being, and I'm lucky to have had him as a drill sergeant Ooh. as well. That's awesome. And then we have Drill Sergeant Bonifay, our third drill sergeant. Uh, he's more laid back. He's funnier, um, but not in a way that he's outright funny. He's just more that subtle humor. Yeah. Um, definitely military humor. <laughs> <laughs> but he he's he's quieter than the rest of them, and he said he's gonna try to go for special forces after he's done with uh, being a drill sergeant. So hopefully, uh, I'll see him there one day whenever I eventually go to selection because that's something that I want to try to do before my career is over. Yeah. And do you feel like um, like a, a family is on your horizon one day? Is that something you'd like to do? That's not something sure. that I would love to do. Yeah. And it's something that I really thought about for a long time. Yeah. Because I have some good examples of how to be a good father mm -hmm. and I also have some examples of how not to be a good father. Yep. Sometimes those bad examples can be a great learning lesson of what you don't want to do, what you want to avoid. But if I, I, I can pick and choose what I choose to impart yeah. to my kids mm -hmm. and I'm not going to be the military dad that's like you guys should join the military. I'm going to support whatever decision they make 110%. Mm -hmm. Whatever makes them happy is something that they want to do. Because oh, this makes that. me happy. Why wouldn't I want them to be happy with their choices? Mm -hmm. I'm glad you're happy with your decision. That's so cool. My, um, some of my kids are kind of floundering on, you know, what next steps. They're a little bit just figuring it out. And I think that, that you know, this is the time in your life where you do figure it out. And you do sort of, <clears throat> it's kind of a little bit walking through, through a fire and making, making good choices for yourself. And, and I know I was very, very lost. 18 to 25 was 
I found what my career was going to be when I was 25. But 18 to 25, I was floundering here and floundering there. And it, it I think it's so cool. It, it sounds like you know what you want to do and you feel very secure and happy with that. Well, the thing is, I don't exactly know what I'm going to do. I just know what I want to do. And all I can give advice about for floundering or not really knowing what you're going to be doing, meandering through life, is just take it one step at a time. That's all you can really do. That's and awesome. I know that's such cliche advice. It's not. It's so true. But it's the easiest thing you can do is take every day one day at a time. Mm-hmm. You never know when it, one day is going to be your last. For all I know, the flight that I could be on might go down today. Same. I know. I think but about that too. That's unlikely and to happen. I hear... It's safer in the air. I've heard the saying make your next best choice. And you know, you know like what a good choice is and what a bad choice is, make, make your next best choice. You're 18, I'm 51, I'm still, every day I'm just still trying to make my next, next best choice. And it leads me to better and better things. Happier and happier life and meeting better and better people and just enjoying life, so. I hope you'll come visit me one day. I'm in Huntington Beach, California. I am. We're going to be pretty close to there because I'm going to be in uh, Washington, yeah. Tacoma, Washington. Yeah, you just come right down the coast. You know, we went, uh, we got an RV and uh, we pulled an RV from Washington through Oregon to Southern California. It's um, beautiful. It, Washington really is beautiful. Washington is gorgeous, which sadly the homeless po- uh, population in Seattle mm-hmm. uh, and other bigger cities in Washington is getting absolutely out of control. And... The sad thing is, I was homeless at one point, but I was able to maintain a job and maintain my appearance mm-hmm. in order to still be a productive member of society, which is why I think that a lot of homeless people can choose to actually do something but don't. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I don't have respect or sympathy for their situation, it's that I don't have sympathy for the ones that choose to do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. So was your homelessness due to you were a kid and it didn't work out at home and you had to go and figure there out? There was a uh, altercation with my uh, stepfather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so rough, rough go at home. We, it, it's kind of really one of the first times that it happened. Mm-hmm. But it was bad and we butted heads mm-hmm. a little too hard mm-hmm. and I ended up having to leave the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couch surfed for a little while mm-hmm. and then eventually landed on a friend's couch and his mom told me to stay. Yeah, that's awesome. So I, I stayed on their couch, I continued to work um, and eventually made my way to the military, mm-hmm. which is as great a place as any to be, especially due to the fact that I get three free, free meals a day whenever I'm actually on base. Uh huh. Not only that, I get a uh, roof over my head. And, and this awesome outfit. Oh, wonderful. These boots, not standard issue, though. Oh, they're not? Oh, uh, they're definitely more comfortable. They're very nice. Nikes. 